वेलकम टू सिन टॉक द सिन टॉकर्स अराउंड द टेबल टुडे डिस्कस द रिटर्न ऑफ होम विल थिंक अबाउट होम एज अ प्लेस एन आइडिया अ मेमोरी एंड समटाइम्स अ मेटाफॉर विल एक्सप्लोर आइडियाज फ्रॉम फिलोसफी म्यूजिक लिटरेचर एंड क्रिटिकल थियोरी to ask what makes a space or a place a home does home lie in the familiarity of daily life is home fundamentally a relationship between people and places what is the role of land what does it mean to be homeless and in a different realm what is home in and for khayal or tumri Why are musical gharanas centered in and around a place? And what is the long-term future of the idea of home? We are pleased and privileged to have three sin talkers with us here today: Geeta Hari Haran. She is a novelist, and her most recent book is a collection of essays called "Almost Home." Professor Shail Mayaram, who works in the area of social sciences and is at CSTS in Delhi, and Vidya Rao, who's a singer of Thumri, Dadra, and Ghazal. Shell, maybe we set the ball rolling with you um, to understand how you would conceptualize home. How can we think of home? What is home for you? If one were to take a somewhat metaphysical look at the concept, what is home? Well, let's think about you know home, homing, and I think uh, you know the image that comes to mind is that of birds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Birds yeah. as they head home, you know, in the evening. Yeah, and it suggests the whole uh, the importance of nesting, mm-hmm. yeah, the importance of of the home. But usually, when you know, when people make a contrast, say in terms of thinking about a binary, what's usually thought of is the home and the world, home I mean, and the world, home and the world. or inside outside mm-hmm. you know i mean to go of very famously you know ghare bahire ghare bahire yeah that's yeah. one of his famous works mm. and uh, but i would like to draw the attention of this group to the ways in which for me the other of home is the condition of homelessness and um i think it's important perhaps to um maybe decenter the ways in which we think about homing and think about it say from the perspective of say the migrant uh the refugee uh the slum dweller who's moved uh into an urban area from a from a rural setting mm-hmm. um 
Hannah Arendt uh, wrote powerfully about uh, the condition of the refugee as being the paradigmatic condition of our times. And uh, in a sense, uh, uh, this was almost prophetic because if one looks at the situation of refugees, um, of course, she was confronted with this darkness of the Jewish uh, situation where a whole community is virtually uh, rendered into a, a refugee-like you know, status because of the Holocaust. Yeah. Uh, but I think increasingly, if one looks at um, the nation-state around the world, um, the, the ways in which nation-states themselves have been responsible for creating the condition of, of, of homelessness... Why do you say that? Um, well, let's begin with the uh, the celebrated uh, case of the the Palestinian case. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've just um, done a book on uh, which is called Israel as the Gift of of the Arabs, mm. <laughs> and uh, as the title itself suggests, uh, Israel as a country, um, as a nation state, would not have been possible without the gift of land. Mm. Uh, made by Palestinian Arabs. Mm. Mm. Even though this gift was perhaps not uh, intentioned, mm. uh, <laughs> but had it not been for those land sales on the ground, Israel as a nation state would not have come into being. None of the Western countries wanted it on their territories. Uh, you know, it was proposed uh, to have its, uh, uh, a, a state for the Jews in Canada, but, uh, you know, uh, Europe did not want it, uh, most certainly. So for them, it was, uh, I mean, the West is, uh, is, is guilty of these, uh, of its uh, infamous four partitions, I would say, you know, and uh, which is not only the Israeli-Palestinian uh, partition of Palestine, the, Palest- uh, the partition of India and the Irish partition. Yeah. So, uh, so they were in a position of, uh, you know, being an imperial power to basically, you know, partition, partition lands. But um, what's what the idea of Israel um, as a homeland of the Jews, what this has done for the Palestinians is to have created a horrible um, and a very, very deeply tragic uh, condition of, of homelessness. I mean, which is not just in Israel. I mean, after the 1967 war, the whole colonization of uh, of um, the, the you know the territories which were occupied, even though uh, part of the Sinai Peninsula you know was returned uh, through a treaty with with Egypt, but in effect, what's happened is that the whole binational uh, you know partition solution itself has been rendered impossible because of um, the Jewish settlements. And uh, so, you know, even if the Palestinian state today comes into being, um, it will be a pockmarked, right. territory pockmarked with these, with these Jewish settlements. They've conquered um, East Jerusalem, and that's with the, with the complicity of the international community through the Oslo Accords. I mean, it, there's, there's no debate on, uh, you know, I mean, it, uh, now Jerusalem is... Is in effect the capital of of Israel. There is absolutely no debate on how on on East Jerusalem, and that this should have been part of the partition plan. Not not only the uh, the situation in Israel, but if you go to say, uh, Palestinian refugees say in the camps Shabra and and Shatila 
in in Beirut, it's a it's a nightmarish situation. And I was working on cities, and I happened to Beirut was one of the cities we worked on, and happened to visit these camps. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a contrast the world outside, and 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 these camps where Palestinians live. You know, with wires, you know, naked wires dangling. Mm-hmm. You know, kids could be uh, could, could be electrocuted, and. Um, uh, Palestinians don't really have citizenship rights. They don't have passports. They don't have travel documents. So the the condition of 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 I mean I think this is one of the uh, for me very illustrative of the kind of uh, you know sort of situation of the refugee. Uh, forget what what's happening in uh, about the you know the Syrian situation. Yeah, that's another nightmare. In fact, I I definitely want to come back. Uh, to the Palestinians, uh, if I may, if I may interrupt, but I wondered if, in a way, to make sense of this present that mm-hmm. we're uh, talking of, and many of us have seen the Palestinian situation in a way as the last bastion of a particular form of settler colonialism. So suppose we go back and talking about home, mm-hmm. uh, we. In a way, I think it's not a good idea to imply that there was home at one point and then, um, you know, imperialists, colonialists, various people came and created um, shifting homes, new homes, which is true, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. as you've mm-hmm. described it. But I think uh, all through history, all through the ages, people have left one home i.e. literal home, Mm -hmm. where they were born either in search of livelihood or um, to flee persecution or to seek their fortune or they've been taken as slave labor or as indentured labor. And they have actually created home. So in a way, I think that is very interesting to have as a backdrop Mm -hmm. because then the more... Uh, historically, the more recent great games, mm-hmm. what uh, not only all the big powers did in you know the different models of colonialism, but the different models of settler colonialism, what yeah. France did in Algeria, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what mm-hmm. um, the Belgians did mm-hmm. in what was called the Congo, um, and of course now uh, what the the creation of Israel in Palestine. And there, what's mm-hmm. interesting, of course, is that it's not that Israel took Palestine over. Israel was created thanks to all the other players. And in that same area uh, that these artificial nation states were created. Mm-hmm. Well, because, there's a uh, mm-hmm. couple of things I'd say, Gita, in response to what you say, even though I agree with, uh, with a large amount of what you said. I think Israel is one of the worst forms of settler colonialism, oh, even worse than agree. in South South Africa. You know the kind of security uh, state that the Israel that Israel has created, and you really have to live there to you know have feel Israeli nationalism and the terror and fear of Israeli nationalism. Do they feel at home there? You the know, I mean, if you're just passing through those checkpoints, I mean, I remember I walking across and the siren blared at me. It was, you know, like, yeah. right? It was kind of, you know, and uh, and, and I'm I'm an outsider, you know. I don't even have an Israeli or a Palestinian, you know, pa- passport. But it, so, I, I mean, I think that the, the security apparatus is really, really, you know, uh, obnoxious. The second thing I would say is that while our partition, you know, has been somewhat resolved because there's been, you know, exchange of, you know, there was compensation given. In their case, the Nakba, 
in a sense, is a continuing one. Nakpa is their word for dis, you know, partition, disaster, yeah. disaster, destruction. And what ha- what happened, if you look at the Nakpa in the cities, um, if you look at, for instance, Tel Aviv, which had these, uh, you know, uh, Jaffa. Jaffa, now Tel Aviv is, is, uh, is, is a recent city, but Jaffa is a 4,000-year-old city. You know? mm-hmm. Tel Aviv is just 100 years old. It was, mm-hmm. you know... Um, you know, uh, it, it was supposed to be this bourgeois, uh, you know, uh, Zionist city. Um, or you look at, for instance, cities like Akko or Haifa, you know, where, which have these wonderful Arab uh, neighborhoods or Jerusalem, you know. And, uh, you know, overnight Arabs left their homes. You see these resplendent uh, Arab residences with all the beautiful tile work and so on. And and just overnight, uh, and and only now it's coming out because with the new historiography, uh, for instance, the uh, Ben Gurion diaries have uh, you know um, have have come out. So the new historiography, post Zionist historiography, is really spelling out the nightmare that was Nakba. You know, it was completely organized. It so was. Shell, if we were to take a step back, um, is it possible to have a home without having a homeland? See, one of the things I want to say very clearly that this idea of a homeland and uh, uh, and there's a philosopher who's actually known to Vidya and uh, me both, uh, Ram Chandra Gandhi. And one of the things he used to say very sharply is the idea of a Jewish homeland and the idea of a Muslim homeland was a lie. Mm-hmm. Because there cannot be any such idea of you know a pure ethnic homeland. Gandhi said that too. Yeah, but yeah, mm. yeah. Well, in a he sense, it was very clear well, because Gandhi they, they was sent very all the uh, Jewish, his Jewish friends pressured him. But if no, I, Magnus actually, the the two letters from um, Judah Magnus and one from Ma- Martin Buber, and which asked Gandhi to spell out his uh, his response to you know, uh, and. Um, uh, and and Gandhi spells out his position on the, to which of course these two th- these two I mean Martin Buber is one of our foremost sure. uh, theologians, and um, and Judah Magnus also respond with with a great amount of sorrow, saying this is not just a piece of land, sure. this is you know this is a land which is special to the Jews, sure. but I don't think they understand that that this is a land which is also special to Christians and and to Muslims. Sure. You know, Gandhi was very, very clear. Very clear. Because he said, I have deep sympathy. And let's not forget that Gandhi Mm. had a lot of very close Jewish friends. Very, absolutely. And uh, he said he was deeply sympathetic to what had happened to the Jews, but quite cannily said, well, Europe created the problem. Let them solve it. And uh, he made this famous statement, which we all quote all the time Mm. when we're doing Palestine solidarity in India, uh, about uh, Palestine being for the... Uh, Palestinians as France is for the French and, uh, and uh, can, England for yeah. the uh, English. But and, the, I, and the consent um, of the Arabs, that's what Gandhi says, required. the consent of the mm. Arabs yeah. must be there for mm. any kind of, yeah. uh, you know, uh, solution that they that they want. He Which was, of course, against this kind of mono Yeah, but since we're talking about yeah. uh, Palestine, and I do hope that we will extend home elsewhere, but the, possibly the link there might be that uh, one of the complexities of the Palestinian situation, of course, is, is so many of them left during the Nakba in 1948 mm. and then the Naksa in 1967. Yes. 
uh, and some of the human stories there mm. in a way mm. tell you the complexities of different relationships mm. with home. Mm. When I went to Palestine in 2013, mm. one of the people I met was uh, an Abu Nidal. Nidal means struggle. Mm. And his home that he refused to leave, mm. his physical mm. home and his uh, field, was surrounded by a wall. So not only could he not go to his field, but just the sheer meanness, he could not look down the valley. So mm. there was a wall. Okay, that's one kind of Palestinian home experience. But huge numbers left. And they either live in refugee camps or they're in the diaspora, which is a word we've invented in relatively recent times, where they carry home um, wherever they go. You also have a more innocuous diaspora, such as the Indian diaspora, who are not in different parts of the world uh, because they've had to flee, but they've gone in search of a different life or, you know, yeah. whatever else. Yeah. So you have this very complex situation where people carry one home inside their memories, very often museumized, yeah. um, very often a home that bears no real relationship with con uh, the contemporary. So the and this is true in a complicated way, say, for the NRI, yes. uh, the non-resident Indian, and for, say, the Palestinian. Yeah. You know, a very different mm -hmm. kind of yearning mm -hmm. for home. Mm. But you've also created a home where you are. Mm. Um, so, you know, you might have a writer like Susan Abulahaba, who uh, is a Palestinian writer who grew up as a foster child in America, who writes in a very rich and complicated way about home. Because mm -hmm. America is home too, though you are, as so many Palestinian uh, diasporic people say you're at their mercy. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, you're more at their mercy if you're in a refugee camp. So, uh, the idea of diaspora, if you contrast it with the way in which in the past, say in West Asia, what they call the Middle East, but really we call West Asia, there was continuous movement. You know, uh, Edward Said writes about, you yes. know, where his family mm -hmm. came from. So people went in search of, you know, where cotton, whether, whether it was textiles, you know, the merchant class has always been, they've been great travelers. We know that from so within India So did they India have a well. sense of a centered home, Geeta? I think we're coming to a very interesting contemporary kind of dilemma, mm. which clearly is not just contemporary. It's just that we see it in different terms, which makes it seem sharper, which is the question... Is home a physical place, mm -hmm. a landscape in which you have certain kinds of trees, certain kinds of smells, certain kinds of food, certain kinds of weather and so on? Is that a language? You know, everything to do with the senses in a way. The sense of belonging it gives you. Is that home? Or is home carried within you and wherever you go? And I ask this because even within this part of the of Asia called India. Yeah. Many of us mm -hmm. have a very hard time. You know, if somebody asks me, where are you from? I have to actually pause because it's almost like a metaphysical question. But so you carry Adita, your home let's, with let's you. Let's zero in on this point that you've made, you know, this question that you're asking. Is home, you know, this, uh, this terrain of materiality or is it the, you know, sort of the, the zone of affect? And of course, uh, there's a relationship between the two. Because materialities themselves are imbued by with with affect. I mean, photographs, you know, yeah, of uh, course, carry, uh, you know, and you know, I'll just sort of cite uh, by way of example um, a letter which I actually got from the Museum of Palestinian Prisoners, 
um, which is written by a father to his daughter. Now, in Israel, there is no Palestinian family uh, who does not have at least one member who has been interned and faced solitary confinement. Sure. And this is from a father written to his daughter on the occasion of a birthday. And it writes about, you know, my, my Habiba, my little princess. Sure. And I have not seen you for, for, for years, you know. And then he talks about, you know, and, you know, it brings out, you know, the memory of you know her her childhood and I do not know how you have grown up and and so on. Mm. So you know how important that 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 inner world and the memory that he carries uh, um, is. But let's uh, move on from the from the Palestinian. I want to go go to another um, uh, area of historical experience and uh, raise the question of Aboriginality. Yeah, can we get back to that share if you don't mind? Because think, yeah, 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 and, and uh, because it's a whole set of questions over here which are connected with conquest, yes, colonialism, yeah, uh, it's concerned with uh, holocausts, yeah, which are which are you know which uh, I mean the Jew- Jewish holocaust is one kind of holocaust, but there have been other kinds of holocausts, yeah, I mean, in history which have been actually. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, in terms of historical time and in terms of the numbers of people are affected. Like the Belgian Congo and... and you know, yeah. all of Lat- Latin America, mm, Australia. Mm. I mean, all all the areas that we call, quote-unquote, tribal, mm. Adivasi. Mm. You know, I mean, these are areas which have been, you know... Sure. Uh, uh, forgotten North you America. Know, and, sure. of course, North America, Canada. Yeah. You know, all of that, that whole... that I mean, so... You know, huge parts of the world, and I think that that's an uh, area of historical experience, and uh, because, and I think that that teaches us very centrally what is the meaning of home, and and I think that home for say the Aust- Australian Aborigines, and I saw this very powerful exhibition uh, in the B- British Museum. And I've been interested in the experience of mobile communities, pastoralists, and 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 tribals, and I've you know been working on this question. But on the grounds of primitivity, on the grounds of cannibalism, and Gananath has uh, obviously has fantastic work, you know, uh, which shows the linkages between cannibalism and colonialism. How, how the cannibalism of certain communities was used to legitimize, you know, conquests, and how huge tracts of land were, were taken over from peoples who had, you know, very advanced civilizations. Sure. I mean, the Abor- Australian Aborigines were were trading, you know, in in large parts, uh, you know, of the world. And um, you know, uh, uh, in in the area of you know their world, sure. and uh, and they had a completely different conception of 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 land. Sure. Land was where they you know the gods lived, right? Sure. Land sure. was where their ancestors, ancestors are buried. buried. And there's mm. a con- continuum between gods and ancestors. There's no break. That's very interesting. Yeah, and the, and and the human and the divine. You know, there's 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 a complete so and and nature. And and, uh, and 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 culture are not segregated as 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 in our enlightenment sure. uh, knowledge system. That's helpful, Shell. Why don't we and, travel to okay. a different world with their? Uh, maybe go to the world of music and uh, what is home for you? I mean, we obviously speak of garanas in a in a very naive sense, but how how I mean, what what is home for you as a musician and what is home for musical traditions? 
Well, um, you know, I think we've been talking about such um, issues of such importance politically in terms of human rights and things. I almost feel embarrassed to speak, um, talk about this. But yeah, this is another world. Um, I guess I would say that for a musician, music is the home. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, sometimes I think, you know, uh, I, I if I think where do I want to live, I mean, the first thing I'll say is where I can find a tabla player who knows how to play tumri. I mean, that's going to be home. Sure. What about ghar ana? That was what I was going to say. I was going to speak of that. And certainly... Uh, the the notion of uh, uh, at least traditionally and even now uh, most students most singers most musicians will claim uh, uh, allegiance will claim uh, belonging with uh, a gharana yeah. and gharana definitely also has this sense both of a home mm-hmm. and of a family home and a family and uh, you think they're coterminous in some way I think in the musical tradition, yes, they do. They do go together because uh, Ghanana is... Uh, it is um, kind of a geographical space, but it's not also. Because, you know, if I speak of, say, the Kirana Gharana, Kirana is somewhere in Haryana. But yeah. actually, the most well-known Kirana Gharana performers now are in this Dharwar, Belgaon, that area, you know, right. and that has been the area where they have really uh, flourished. So you say, actually, I'm, I'm curious uh, that in a way, just like real-life families, that in a way, home is where you're rooted and that's where, you know, automatically you can be in any part of the world and you hear the music you've learned or heard as a child and you get goose flesh. So there's that kind of belonging. Yet it holds you back if you want to travel, if you want to uh, learn new things, which is why perhaps so many people uh, go and borrow and there's been so much traveling back and forth and learning from each other in, in, in cultural, in, in the area of cultural knowledge. But Does that course, seem likely to you? But mm. of course, I I think when we, you know, when people speak, um, or at least um, for some time earlier have spoken about gharana, for instance, they they have tended to speak of it as a closed thing. Is gharana me sikhre? To isi gharana me sikhre. That's what we learn. But of course, there's been huge borrowings, and and they're constantly growing and moving and shifting. And and space makes uh, you know that the the movings of musicians itself makes a difference. I think uh, I I I think what I'm also wanting to say is that. But there is, but there is a sense of belonging, and 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 that that is not that is not related to space. Yes. Because um, yeah. If if yes. I if I train in a gharana, or in a particular even from a particular teacher, immediately I become actually part of that family and you'll find you know one will find the strangest people whom you've never met you have nothing to do with them saying that you are our children. Hmm. You know, and how plural is that with can you can you be in more than one gharana can you be from more than one gharana certainly i you mean can. some of the best singers now are hmm. and can you be the rebellious brat in the parampara 
Of course, that also so exactly. many people. <laughs> I think it's, it's it, I think it's really important uh, to to offer a, a more complex picture than no, the sort he, of sweetness uh, and light. No, that that, that, but I, that is what I w- I was mm. saying, Gita. Mm. That mm. there is a tendency to think of it as a nice yeah. close thing, but it has yeah. never been actually. Yes, not from before and not yes. now. Yes. Now maybe we speak about it more. There is also um, it's also easier because you know there are other there are all all kinds of ways in which you can listen to other people you can learn from other people you know things are not what about the partakers you know sometimes we look at it only from the point of view of cultural uh, practitioners mm. but uh, in the south for example uh, you have huge numbers of non-resident indians from america coming to the music season yeah. uh, festival in chennai and uh, and of course, the, those who partake of culture are as important as cultural yeah, practitioners yeah. in the creation of culture. And there is yet another layer of belonging. Yeah. So you might have, you know, really uh, Indian American children coming and uh, sort of singing. And, you know, in a way, it's like a culture camp. Um, so that is yet another layer and all kinds of vexing questions of authenticity and quality and should be I- including and excluding come into picture because it seems so in inclusive. in that context, Geeta, the mm. place, the home is Carnatic music or it's Chennai or some kind of a combination of both? It's very complex because mm. if you say Carnatic music already you're talking about certain exclusions sure. because there's certain homogeneity as it it has happened like that. Uh, so even the NRIs are part of that. Um, but really I, uh, if I may just, just go off a little bit. Please. I, um, we've spoken of uh, broken homes um it, in terms of large broken homes. People who become homeless uh, in terms of state, uh, we should also, of course, remember the number of homeless on the streets of India, uh, which is more literal kind of people who live under bridges and in pipes and so on. I also, um, and I think there is a great deal to say about that and a great deal is said about that. I think a great deal to be said about cultural belonging because we live in times of globalization where there is some sort of official pretense that there is a global culture Mm. and it would be very hard to understand what that might be except American television. Mm. Um, On the other hand, you know, so, so my son could speak quote-unquote, the same language, and I don't mean just English, Mm -hmm. but a language that will make immediate sense to maybe an American teenager or something. So, uh, But at the same time, you have uh, much more cultural parochialism happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the kind of contradiction of the situation. You know, home in the singular, becoming Mm -hmm. more and more parochial and, you know, excluding others. And home in this kind of theoretical universal. And I think this is something very interesting to see in in places like India. So the triumphal song of we are part of the global stage. That's the big home with a capital H. But with a little h, um, we're going to exclude all minorities and we're going to become uh, Indianer than anybody, any Indian knows what it is. But I actually want to talk about the home of ideas Mm -hmm. and um, I think both Vidya and Shail will have much to say there because for so many of us who are, if you like, um, we say we are Indians and we hang on to that construct 
simply because it's very hard for us to describe. We have a, a kind of catch-all, what you know, a bag of memories and nostalgia and so on of different places and you know different times in our life. But finally, in a way, we like those nomads who went from place to place looking for where they could earn, where they could find refuge, in the sense that we have certain ideas. All cities, all homes have been founded on the basis of certain principles. You know, from the oldest, you know, destroyed city to the Washington, D.C., you yeah. know, which would like to think of itself as the bastion of uh, a, a democracy. So these principles have been justice, truth, including people, the common citizens' rights, and so on, universally, whether they've followed it or not. Almost always they haven't. So looking at that, using keeping that in mind, I think in a way, for many of us, home is where we can debate, where we can converse, where we can privilege ideas, and nobody will tell you, that this idea comes from somewhere else, doesn't belong to you, and where we can actually have access to new ideas. You know, I think I think that's a an interesting way to look at it. For those of us who are involved with singing and reading and writing and uh, teaching, in a way, that's your real home. Is it possible well, to not uh, have a home? Can I, uh, can I just interject over yeah, here sure. and just say something? Uh, one is, well, you've raised certain... Um, uh, Terrifically important questions. Um, one is, the first one which struck me was not only about the global culture, but about, also about the national culture. Mm. You know, this whole thing about home as the nation. Mm. And we've seen it sort of very centrally in the Garvapsi, you yeah. know. So home is defined as, you know, uh, you know this... Home as in so home for an idea. So, mm. Yeah, is, is, is as in this kind of you know, uh, reconversion, uh, sure. uh, quote-unquote, sure. uh, a return to Hinduism, as as, as it were. Sure. So that's a very... Um, and uh, that's... Uh, I, I, I've, I've actually uh, looked at some of this very closely in terms of my own fieldwork and um, and looked at, you know, processes of, of conversion where people were, you know, subject to Garvapsi. And it's led to situations where for instance, you have, I mean, uh, one of the communities I was working on was, you can describe it as bi-religious, mm. multi-religious, Hindu mm. and Muslim. Mm. You know? sure. So sure. that they'd follow the three practices of uh, uh, khatna, garna and halal, right? Mm. So circumcision and burial and mm. eating halal meal. But in all other respects, they were Hindu, they, you know, f you know uh, followed the same gods and goddesses um, and, and so on. And the situation of Garvapsi on the ground meant that a person who was a sevak in a goddess temple was being reconverted to Hinduism. You know, that <laughs> mm. kind of no, but ridiculous it's situation. It's uh, these are constructions, isn't no, it? No, but the, no, but, the, you know, the, my, the major point also I, that I want to push also in this whole thing about the realm of ideas, you know, and, you know, is... Uh, that we are unconsciously consciously also, uh, you know, we have come to belong to a European world of ideas. That's the dominant, that's the dominant language. What do you mean it's, by that? It's, it's the dominant language of, of knowledge, which means that you do not think, uh, um, uh, think in concepts which are 
other than you know sort of categories which um, oh, I, you know, I, I'm not. I, mean, I, I have to. I have to disagree here. No, no, no. Let strongly. me let me just spell out first yeah, what I what, I, what I mean. Also, uh, yeah. What I what mm. I mean, which is, I mean, I'm not denying that there is not a universal pool of knowledge. After all, we all partake of that, you know, and sort of ideas of equality. I mean, how can we as women deny that those have not been, you know, foundational in the making of our own selves? So uh, there, there is that, but I also feel uh, that uh, there, there is also an asymmetry of knowledges and uh, of of ways of ways of looking that there have been different traditions of reason. There is not just one tradition of reason with a capital R, which is which is the European. That there have been other, you know, sort of ways, and I think that some of the wonderful work in philosophy. On Indian philosophy has 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 uh, brought that out. Jonathan Ganeri's, you know, beautiful book on uh, you know Raghunath, the rebel, uh, who who starts this new tradition called Navya Nyaya, sure. you know, which he sure. sees as, and 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 there are a lot of scholars now who have reflected on the idea of the early modern, mm. that the mm. modern was not necessarily European, that the modern was also happening in sure. other other areas of the world, and that there are other language traditions. And because I work on on Islam, so I think uh, that the Arab uh, philosophical tradition was was very significant because it was in conversation with the Greek, Mm. you know, Mm. until, of course, Europe appropriates the Greek for itself as its its ancestor. Mm. So Mm. let's not uh, uh, forget that there's also been a conversation between Sanskrit and Chinese, you know, uh, and, 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 and Greek and Arabic. And 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 these are you know sort of parts of a much larger cosmopolitanism, uh, which is not the cosmopolitanism which Europe thought it was you know bestowing on on uh, you know the, sure. the, the 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 world. That's fine. So yeah. so the, that that's the point I want to make about. But knowledges are very asymmetric. That's fine. And yeah. Uh, yeah. our educational system is completely you know dominated by European knowledge, and uh, it's it's. Um, if you want to get into sort of categories of Arabic thought or perhaps categories which are perhaps derived from maybe, say, Sanskrit texts, you know, those are worlds really which are outside the, you know, uh, you know, sort of arena of most uh, most of our everyday. Sure, sure. Most people's everyday. That's fine. Why don't we? Why don't we build on this notion of everyday Gita? I mean, how 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 do you think of home? Why don't we go back to that central question? We've gone in a few different directions. Um, is is mm. is is the home where your habits are formed? Is home where your everyday life is led? Is home ritualistic in many ways? Um, you you've lived in many places. Um, uh, no, I think I think you discovered the the. I was starting to talk about uh, the home of ideas. Mm-hmm. I also meant that you travel physically. It might be, or it might be through ideas. Yeah. Um, as a writer, it would definitely be through ideas and text yeah. and not necessarily other people's yeah. uh, scholarly work or text. And then you see that, for example, um, I studied in a, a high school in Manila. Mm-hmm. And in one of my essays in the book Almost Home, uh, an essay on Cordoba mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Granada, I talk about the uh, shock of discovering Ibn Rushd, whom I met 
as a, a 13, 14 year old in philosophy class in my very good school, mm. Colegio de la Asuncion in Manila. Mm. <laughs> now, you know, we can we can hold forth, you know, theoretically about the nature of uh, post-colonial education. Mm. But all we need to do is look at our own, own lives and see the layered home of our education to come to certain conclusions. The lack, i.e. one, I go to Cordoba in 2009 and say, who is this philosopher sitting here? And they say, Ibn Rushd. Mm. So I say, oh, and I think it's somebody new. Mm. And then I discover that this is the very same Averroese we studied about in yep. philosophy Aver class Aver in Manila yeah. Yeah. and that I met briefly in Bombay in Sophia College with the Mother Ward reading Chaucer's Canterbury Tales to sure, us. Sure. So the point is, how was Averroes presented to us in school, in mm. this very good school, post-colonial mm. school in Manila? Mm. He was, it was, so Aristotle was the hero. Aquinas was really the hero because mm. it was a Christian school and all these others were there. So he was there as important, but as an adversary. Sure. So, when I go to Cordoba, I suddenly learn that it was Ibn Rushd, who incidentally also had wonderful recipes for how to use olive oil when cooking meat. <laughs> uh, uh, an amazing man, a doctor, really known for his medical work. But he was talking about reason. And he was also talking about how to reconcile truth with reason. Mm. And so was Maimonides, who was actually Ibn Musa. And mm. also wrote in Arabic. Mm. And then Aquinas gets all this. Mm. He translates, uh, he uses Aristotle. At first, the church is very angry with him. But, you know, they are reconciled to him. And then you have, just when Cordoba, around 10th, 11th century, they're beginning to sort of go downhill. Then Ibn Rush's ideas go via Aquinas. And Aristotle also goes there to all the new institutions of learning in Europe. Mm. And I'm going into this detail to say that not only is our notion of home layered, our tools for looking at home, mm -hmm. our education is also layered. And, you know, that is why perhaps in a sense I feel very strongly and I certainly can't back it up with footnotes. I feel very strongly that... Um, where an idea comes from, you know, uh, is is important factually. But if it is a good idea, all through history, that's what sensible people have done. Sure. There is a good... And, and I think um, Vidya will agree with me because knowledge includes cultural knowledge. Yeah. If there is a, an instrument which works for what you're doing, um, Do you, you will lose it. Do you do that? I mean, how... Don't you think... I mean, are you are you dipping into other gharanas? Are you dipping into other thing all the time? And how how different are they? How how excluded are they? How singular are they? I I would agree with you that uh, people are always looking to learn, mm -hmm. always uh, finding things to learn, new things, new ways of, and what works for you. Home. Uh, you know, you talk about, you asked about, is it singular? Um, what are your boundaries in a gharana? <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, well, um, okay, let me 
this is just a very very traditional uh, answer yes. i'm going to give you but yes. i think this is what happens what what most musicians will say ki pehle learn what the gharana has to teach you but it's almost again like being at home mm. you know you need that security you need learn home before you, you leave you it. it you need an anchor <laughs> you need an anchor mm. and and the and the stronger your roots are there the more you can go Uh, you can you can absorb from elsewhere you can use it and you can use it in the way that you must use it mm-hmm. that, that suits you the best and that uh, makes it meaningful for your for what you want to say mm-hmm. so i do not think But in the long run can you end up doing something which is very dissimilar from what your roots were what your anchor was certainly you can certainly and i think many singers do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, some uh, may have acknowledged some may not have acknowledged because it depends also on the time and the place and who their patrons were and so on but you know really aman ali khan sahab for instance is borrowing madly from carnatic music mm. mm. gohar jan is going and sitting in mysore and they are listening to thumri uh, uh, and ghazal mm. 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 you know uh, what about somebody like yesuda singing carnatic music but he'll never be accepted 100% as a carnatic musician i'm sorry i'm coming up with carnatic music examples because i wouldn't would know that better uh, which i know le- much less about and i really wasn't aware that he's not uh, acknowledged yeah. as actually vidya this is happening both in the realm of painting and in the realm of music Dekho, I think ye, yeah uh, no there is always this, a way yeah, that somebody or the exchange. other is not going to be acknowledged yeah, when yeah. i was young one of right. the things one of the swear words almost <laughs> that was uh, given was ye to atai hai Mm-hmm. You know that they don't belong to the. They are yeah, not. They are yeah. not in the direct blood lineage of the Gharana. Tradition. Mm-hmm. Atai hai. Yeah. They are shokya gaate hai. They sing yeah. for the pleasure of it and so on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you don't hear that word anymore. Mm-hmm. You the, don't hear the fakirs of music. Is that because the lineage <laughs> is gone? Well, you know things have changed. I mean, you've got everything is on internet now. What are you going to do? <laughs> and mm-hmm. also, you know, you need students. I mean, the world has changed. but uh, you don't hear this word atai mm. M- many young students don't even know it the word mm. of course i had a great shock one day when there was a little boy who was playing tabla very well i said when you i said kin ke shagird ho beta and he said shagird kya hota hai म्यूजिकम uh music this music is home in more ways than one it's their livelihood it's their culture same, same. and so on and then when somebody else takes it it's not just a a crude situation of appropriation but also um you could argue that well you know bollywood is also home in india you know yeah. for them and they're taking it but what happens to this and there is a certain kind of dispossession not just monetarily but also in a strange way it comes back to us as film music Actually, so it's very similar sort of to the aboriginal question and what happens to land mm. you know because land which is regarded as the commons right which is regarded mm-hmm. as something which, which everybody can partake 
you know, land and forest and, this is and, a specific and water. community. No, no, no. Oh, I, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I've worked mm. on the Mirasis. Mm. So it, yes. it's very, you know, so I'm very aware of this, what, what happens. And, uh, very interesting. again, it's, mm. again, you know, th- these were not knowledges which were pri- private knowledges, which were un- come under in- intellectual property. It was property. community yeah. knowledge. But let's... And, uh, mm. So what were you saying there with there? I mean, the is 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 the knowledge of the gharana the commons or the private or it's, it's community somewhere not commons very different. Commons is a very contemporary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. creative yes. commons. This is a, uh, mm. I, I want to can I Please. can I also answer this? But I want to yeah. talk about what you've talked because this is a very yeah. very problematic issue. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. see first. Uh, and frankly, Gita, I don't know how to think about it because it worries me greatly. I feel, um, you know, I, I really do feel also that not only, yes, is there a kind of dispossession, is there a kind of appropriation, whatever. Um, there's, uh, And I'm not saying that you should not introduce other sound into it. You should not. No, of course you not. Know, because that mm. has been going on. Mm. But... Um, but there's a way in which maybe uh, um, something like Bollywood or uh, and again this is not to say it's a it's a bad space. Huh? Mm-hmm. It's it's I mean it's well, the Lion one King of the, did the same thing, most by the way. brilliant and mm. most uh, mm. creative spaces, mm. but uh, it is it is stronger. Mm. Exactly, you know mm. it is stronger. It has yes. more power. It has more. Yeah. Its voice is louder. And then mm. what happens? And the other thing which is equally worrying is the creation of star systems within the community. Mm. It is very worrying. I don't know how to solve this. Uh, you know, sometimes when I talk with students about uh, issues, for instance, about Kabir, about Kabir, you know how uh, for year, for centuries, poets of the of the community have composed their own verses and they have ascribed them to Kabir, and Kabir never ever. Uh, he was a frame like Shahrazad, or Mira, or Mira, or, or Chandidas, so or yeah. any of these yeah. people, right. and. Uh, I mean, uh, again, you know, it's that is not a problem of copyright or you know appro- appropriating. Yeah. We're talking about in appropriation. Fact, yeah, though. in fact, mm. in fact, I sometimes say, you know, there's something here that we're learning about the great, the great generosity that that this belongs to the community and that what you say, and this this whole this whole thinking is actually, um, uh, you know, Kabir is no longer a person. Mm. He's a friend. He's a friend. Yes. Yeah, but, but with the monetization, because uh, that's exactly, that's what happens with exactly. the Lion King, and that too is a you know the film uh, tune is wonderful that uh, Hakuna Matata. But uh, Rian Malan does uh, the South African writer does a wonderful essay of tracing what happened to those who actually. Uh, produce that music, and it's not a large community. Also, but Vidya, they, you know, don't you think that at some level? There's a certain violence introduced by the, by categories of knowledge like folk and classical itself. Sahi, sahi. And, you know, I mean, I, I also want you to think about, for instance, the ways in which perhaps Kumaraswamy, mm-hmm. you know, talked about the Margi and the Deshi, mm-hmm. which is an alternative way of, of thinking, which is not the same which is as, yeah, as, which is, uh, which is a different way of, folk. yeah, ah, mm-hmm. uh, which is a different way. So this whole thing about, uh, you know, uh, dominant knowledges and thinking about, you know, sort of, you know, categories which are, you know, and then also let me come back to, uh, you know, the one of the earlier, you know, when Gita raised the question of uh, the home of ideas, to make a contrast between 
Swadeshi and Swaraj. Mm. You know, which is to think with, with, with our languages and to think about Swadeshi perhaps as, you know, something which is, you know, nativism, produces, you know, mm-hmm. nativism of knowledge, which mm-hmm. is perhaps mm-hmm. something which we would not be in favor of. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, the question that, for instance, the philosopher K.C. Bhattacharya raises um, early in the 20th century, uh, which is he asked the question about Swaraj and ideas, you know, that our knowledges are so galvanized by European knowledge and English education. So therefore, can we have you know, so I think the question of also there's Swaraj in music, right? And musical oh, sure. knowledge and, you know, not only uh, philosophical knowledge. And sure. I think that these are, I mean, there's a whole, I mean, Vidya knows there's a whole issue of the Indian Philosophical Quarterly, which a special issue which came out, um, edited by uh, four philosophers on Swaraj and ideas, which debated sure. this same, whole same. whole sure. question. And I think there are lots of us who are actually talking about this now in, in, in the present. Sure. Why don't we, we have, I mean, we have... We are, I'm, I'm, tempted, I'm tempted to be a little... Um, uh, can I just uh, complete with one we sentence? We have about 10 minutes to go, but yeah, I just I want to complete with one sentence, which is that so many of our young students we are, you know, are just reading Derrida and, and, and Foucault yeah. and, uh, you know, Judith Butler. Uh, but none of us, I mean, none of our young students read, for instance, Gopinath Kaviraj, mm. uh, you know, Kumaraswamy, mm. uh, you know, and, and, and people who've really uh, looked at art forms, you Probably know, knowledge, is, knowledge traditions. Maybe students in France are reading them. Or they should. Yes, they will absolutely. Someday, so I mean, that, that's the whole, that, that's the whole problem that uh, Sanskrit knowledge is, for instance, dead in our country, but it's alive in Colombia and in Harvard and in Jerusalem. Uh, where you oh, have actually okay. no, could I, mean, I could I please make so, an interjection, yeah, uh, Shail, yeah. if you can give us a chance to say one sentence. But uh, I, I I do want to say that uh, it may sound frivolous, but I think um, other than postcolonial education, what that does to people and how long postcolonialism, which is sort of uh, slipping into neocolonialism, what that does to your systems of education. Um, it hasn't helped that suddenly uh, Sanskrit, which we should certainly study from a scholarly point of view, mm-hmm. but not an ideological point of view, Absolutely. that we live no, in no. times where these things are getting shoved yeah, down yeah. your throat. So if not we ascribe all. value and say everything Western is, uh, well, you know, you're an idiot because a lot of the most important uh, ideas we practice in day-to-day life it's come from different parts of the world and if you look at what how it came to the west as this that was the point of my cordoba um you know uh, intervention that so there's been a difference balance of accounts in terms of knowledge i think really what should we should be worrying about we should be bitter about and should ang- be angry about is the state of our education system it's neither indian nor european i absolutely challenge i have taught in um, universities, off and on as a writer, I do not see what European system they're getting. I don't see what Indian system they're getting. It's a system which just limps along like so many else, uh, so many other things in India. So I don't think the villain is a particular stream of thought or certainly our lives are Eurocentric. We're even having this argument in uh, a language which came to us via colonialism, but that's history. Yeah. So I think we need to it's go beyond that instead of also. creating binaries. Of, it's also you know, our European present. India. English, yeah. the domination of English is our present. What's I mean, the future? What's the future of home and homing? 
I mean, will somebody be asked in 2500 AD what is a native place? Geeta, Vidya. What's the future of Gharanas? What's the future of anchors, centers within cultural traditions, musical traditions, literature, in the way we live? If they don't use the nuclear option. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> will we last that long? Um, future of Gharanas? I really don't know, you know, because now... Uh, in some ways, uh, for many singers, mm-hmm. they, uh, it's a nominal thing, you know, but the teacher themselves may have learned from so many places and involved so many things. You know, you can... And, uh, you mean it's uh, just become a label? What do you mean it's a nominal thing? Because it's already very mixed. So, uh, so I would okay. For instance, now if you uh, take a singer like Begum Akhtar, sure. to ham gharana nahi kahenge. Sure. Women, uh, you know, women's music didn't have gharana because women don't <laughs> found families. You see, <laughs> so they don't have. <laughs> even no matriarchs. Nahi re, wo hot karte the. Of course. They were, but but hmm. uh, but the word is ang. They would say ang. Oh. So. Unka Lucknow, it was supposed to be the Lucknow Ang. Sure. But actually her training mm-hmm. has been, interestingly, Shuruat me from a Patiala Ustad. Mm-hmm. So she has a Patiala Ang in her voice. Then she learned from uh, Abdul Wahid Khan Sahib, you know, so that's Kirana. And uh, the very, very, uh, one of the most... Uh, gravitas filled uh, kirana singers sure and then she is uh, she is from uh, fazabad and uh, there's a whole tradition of the you know lucknow ka lucknow ki jo ki hai that that kind of tradition the, and the particular ada that that is typical of the lucknow ang and yet uh, thumri and ghazal and this entire uh, repertoire cannot not also look uh, and acknowledge Banaras and Gaya. It has to. So there are all these, there are all these ang within her gaiki. Mm. And yet we will say that she is from, she is Lucknow. Okay? What's mm. the translation of the word ang? Ang actually means limb, body. Ang is I love it. Like a limb, it's like ah, a part. It's, it's very ang. nice, I like it. Especially, Thumri mein ang kehte hain. Like <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. Ang nice has an even uh, deeper intimacy also than limb. Why you talking about? Yeah, body. 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 Yeah, Mm-hmm. I'm, I tend to be a little optimistic, at least about music. Sure. It will be beleaguered. There will be always problems. There will be intrusions from here and there. There will be difficulties. There will be problems which you have raised. There is a monetized economy within which people are functioning. Sure. All of this is there. But I think people will find their homes. And people will find the kind of voice they want to they want to sing in. And they will go to the places. And when I say places, I don't mean geographically. Sure, sure, sure. They will they will go to the they will go to the music and take what is appropriate for them. And, it's interesting and what use is the interesting word for them. finding. The, what's the future, Geeta? I think you know uh, to build on what uh, Vidya said, and I think it's always important to take uh, the cue from the cultural, because when we're talking about home as belonging, finally that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's literally that you were born somewhere or otherwise, I would say 
it would be um, a continuous uh, tension and move towards creating an equilibrium between difference and similarity. I think that's what it would be. I think we'll have to keep um, uh, insisting on not only recognizing difference, but celebrating it, not just in India, but all over. Uh, at the same time, struggling to see sameness. Uh, so that, because without difference, there, you know, sameness becomes a kind of, you know, Salvation Army, oh, you know, or Shylockian, you know, if you, if, uh, do I not bleed, if you prick me, that sort of thing, uh, which I don't think will satisfy mm -hmm. because we don't have homogeneous um, groups anymore. And why should we? So I would say uh, the future um, will, and when I say uh, sameness and difference, I mean, you will always have the, uh, the global construct, uh, but you'll also have the local uh, realities as well as the construct. Sure. What's the future, Shell? In a minute. Uh, I think through sto stories. So I'll tell a story, mm -hmm. uh, which is about a community on which I work, the Mewatis. Mm. And these were the people who uh, were wonderfully eclectic. You could call them Hindu and Muslim. Uh, they were people who were, who were Muslim, but also, for instance, they had a Mahabharata tradition. Uh, there's a Mahabharat, uh, Pandun Kankara, which is composed by a, by a Mewati. And the performers are Mewati and the audience is also Mewati Muslim. Sure. So, and, and, and in this epic, Draupadi is the goddess. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and this is still performed. And, you know, I mean, we are making a film, uh, Rahul and I, on, sure. uh, you know, on uh, it began with a film on Abdul Mirasi, one of the great masters. Sure. Know? Now, at the time of partition... There was a huge genocide against this community. Mm -hmm. There was a formation of Hindu dhars, sure. uh, what called Ajgar, you know, these uh, huge uh, pe peasant formations, Ahir, Jard, Gujar, who, uh, you know, completely ev evicted them overnight from the villages. The largest number of abducted women uh, is from this particular community uh, at the time of partition. And there was this, when I was doing my, my field work, there was this one man who uttered this extremely poignant statement about the sh nature of shift in his identity as a result of that experience of violence. Mm -hmm. he, where he said, Which is up to now, we were riding two horses, yeah. being Hindu and Muslim. Yeah. Partition made us understand that we must only ride one horse. So that was, so is that but, but no, 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 mm -hmm. but my, my prognosis for the future is different. Mm -hmm. That I think what the Mewatis taught me mm -hmm. is that there is a completely different way of thinking about identity and religion, which is not about singular belonging, that you, you, you are either Christian or Hindu or Muslim, but that you can have a logic of both and you can be Hindu and Muslim, you know. And sure. in the most beautiful way, you know, sort of worshipping Allah in the name of Vishnu. You know, things like, uh, you know, sure. things like that. I mean, and uh, so, uh, I mean, I, th I think that's a very beautiful way of thinking uh, about identity, which I hope will be the way of the future. Um, uh, and, and hopefully the future will also be one of dialogue. I mean, I believe a lot in the idea of Samvad. Sure. Uh, sure. And uh, I think... Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks to all of you for making it, and we look forward to having you soon again. Thanks. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.